Welcome to the Cornerstone Truth New Creation Podcast. Each week we'll explore fundamental truths about the genuine love of Christ being manifest through His people, the Church. During these studies, we will discover that the sincere love of Christ flows from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. This is the goal of our instruction, and we are so thankful you're listening today. It's Christmas Good time. morning. Good morning. We should be all excited. Christmas is almost here. I've already had mine, so the fun is all over. Not really. I'm glad you're glad you made it back from Texas. Did you guys have fun wrestling? Arizona, Texas. I'm sorry, my geography was never very good. So but anyway, I'm glad you're back. Fosters are in the house. Woohoo! All right, that's awesome. Who else is in the house? Let's see. There's got to be somebody else in this. Oh, McKinney's are in the house. It's great to see you. I miss your home cooking, and I'm coming up this Tuesday just to warn you, okay? Yeah, no, you know, you know, uh, I honestly think, Brad, your wife is an awesome cook, and I think it's pretty con- oh, Well, of course, of course. And, uh, and Cedar's in the house. Cedar, it's great to have you today, Julie's friend. And you're going, oh, no, just don't say anything. That's fine. I'm going to sing happy birthday to Holly because Holly is it's her birthday today, isn't it? Anybody else got a birthday this week? Uh, is Tamara, are you pointing to Tamara? Okay, Tamara, there you go. You get sung to as well. All right, but we're not going to have you come up front. We're just going to have you. That's cool. Anybody else want to get sung to? Sorry, I only sing to those who are having a birthday this week. So here we go. Anybody else? Anybody else? Uh, that was a <clears throat> back there. Was that a? <clears throat> oh, okay, good. All right, here we go. Didn't want to miss one. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. All right. Am I not on? I have the green light. I'm the green light. All right. I wonder if there's somebody in the crowd saying, Jesus, you got the green light. Well, okay, Emma, I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need your help here. And there's a lot of these, so you're really going to have to really speed around the, the room here, okay? So here we go. Remember, one of the great and awesome uh, ways to have spiritual momentum is encouragement. So Steiner family keeps seeking the truth. So happy to have you all here. There you go. Awesome. Woo, give it up, Steiners. Woo. All right. All right, here it is. Fosters are rocking the house. We are so thankful for your assembling with us today. May God bless the upcoming wedding. Woo. All right. There's probably going to be more than one, knowing how many children you have, right? Okay, just saying. The Compton Trio. What was that? Nothing, nothing. Yeah, shush, okay. All right. The Compton Compton Trio, so good to see you boys, men, all together. Amen. I agree. All right, I praise the Lord for the McKinney family. It's always a great encouragement to see you and spend time with you. You have such an awesome servant's heart and greatly loved by all the family here, and I too love your cooking. There we go. Awesome. Uh, your wife's cooking. Okay, there you go. Uh, and that was not mean. I've never had his cooking. Andrew, 
You are such a kind, encouraging brother in Christ. So glad you came to share your joy with us. And he was tickling the ivory this morning. It was awesome. Let's give it up for Andrew. Woo! Man. Whoever decorated the building for Christmas. Thank you. It looks amazing. All right. I'll give that to them. Uh, can your smiles, hugs, and kind heart are such an encouragement and blessing to so many of us. I'm thankful God has put you here. And I don't know who wrote this, but I can say amen and amen. Amen and amen. Get up the can. All right. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. Jamie, you are an excellent Bible class teacher. You give wonderful hugs. You have a lovely personality. And I know I'm not the only one to have thought this. There's somebody else that's consistently loving on you. So there you go. Let's go for Jamie. <laughs> Pam and Ken, your hospitality is a blessing and example to all of us. And I've eaten over there many times. And oh my goodness, Pam is an awesome cook. Amen? Oh, and I'm, Ken, I'm sure you are too. I got in trouble last time I said something like that. So, Eric Johnson, your teaching is such a blessing. Eric Johnson, give it up for Eric. And I missed your lesson this morning. It's on tape, isn't it? It's on, is it? Okay, good. Steiner family rocks the house again. So thankfully you came to Pleasant Hill. What a blessing your family is. Amen. It's all right. And uh, Mr. Steiner is helping us in the Bible class, and yeah, he, he's great. It's awesome. All right, Compton Five. Each one of you are such a blessing in so many ways. All right, Compton Four is back there, and I'll join them momentarily. There you go. All right. Hey, yeah, uh, I'm gonna do one more thing, Emma, that I need your help with. Uh, I'm gonna pass around the uh, sign-up sheet for Christmas dinner this Wednesday here at the building. Don't look at your calendar for location. Uh, listen to the voice of the guy who's asking you. Don't go to the parks. They won't be there. They'll be here. If you'd like to sign up and show up, that would be fantastic. By the way, if you don't sign up and you show up, we'll still love you and let you come, honestly. Oh, and by the way, uh, calendars are in the back as you go out, and uh, there's all sorts of good stuff planned for the end of December. And uh, there is a Christmas party for the college age group at the Comptons tomorrow night. Uh, please, no white elephant gifts. Uh, we did that last year, and that was kind of fun. But, but anyway, we're going to have just nice gifts. Uh, $10, no more than 10 okay? So, uh, you know, getting slime when you're a college-age guy or my age old. You know, slime just doesn't cut it for me. It did when I was a kid, but not now. So anyway, there you go. College-age uh, party tomorrow night, our house, starting at 545. Do I get everything done? There's a what? Oh, yes, there is assembly tonight, and one last time it'll be at my home. Thank you. And then it will be out here, Lord willing. I've been taking all these pills and stuff, and they're helping, but anyway. So, thank you for asking. My house. Let's grab our Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians and chapter 13. 1 Corinthians and chapter 13. The power of his presence was communicated in the book of Psalms, chapter 16 and verse 11, for the vast majority of the year. And we've been working from the book of Acts and chapter 3 and verse 19, the great 
gospel lesson by the Apostle Peter, and we are now in the times of refreshing. And one of the most refreshing things in this life is when someone loves you with the love of Jesus Christ. One of the most refreshing things in life that can happen to someone is when you love them with the love of Jesus Christ. The power of love is greater than any other power. Greater than any other power. For God is love. And he manifests himself through us if we choose to love like him. The church in Corinth was struggling a little bit with that understanding and therefore the Apostle Paul writes to them about love. Chapter 13, verse 4 and 5. Love is patient and love is kind. It is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Love does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. We'll be working on what love is not, but I always want to know the positive of things. And so I was digging through the antonyms of the love is not. And so we'll say what love is not because that's what Jesus says here. But then we're going to look at what Jesus says about what love is in context to each of what the love is not. How many have John, Gospel of John, chapter 13 and verse 34 and 35 memorized? I don't either. So let's turn there. First John and chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. First, or, sorry, John, Gospel of John, chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. I saw some confused looks. I realized I'd made a mistake. Verse 34 and 35, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, loving others like I have loved you, by this all men will know that you are, my you are my disciples by your love for one another. We need to recognize and understand the power of love in other people's lives. You know, when the church gets it right and people see the church getting it right, it's like, wow, I've never seen how people who don't, quote unquote, aren't of the same family, love each other so much. That's what we're working on today. But we're working on the first of the what love is not. So look at point number one. Love is not jealous. Love's not jealous. The little star I have there tells you what love really is opposite of being jealous. Notice what it says. The opposite of jealous, according to the, the Greek and according to the antonyms I found, is that love really admires and appreciates and rejoices in others' blessings and prosperity. Another one, something really wonderful happens to somebody, wow, you get excited. When someone gets something they've always wanted after working really hard, wow, we get excited. If someone's got something really cool and you want that thing too, go out and work for it like the guy did who did. But appreciate what they did to get that thing. Instead of going, oh, jerk, he doesn't deserve that. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm gonna... Come on. That's not love, especially the love of Christ. Here's what jealousy is. Take a look at it. I give you a, a little bit of information that you can go back and do your own study in the Greek. It means to be zealous 
or to burn with jealousy and hatred and bitterness towards another because they have something that you don't have and you want it. That's messed up. You see, anywhere in the scriptures where Jesus is that way, Nowhere. That's not an example of Christ. That's why love is not this. Jealousy is the desire to have what someone else has, the intense feeling of displeasure produced by hearing or seeing the advantages or prosperity that others are experiencing. That's not fair. <laughs> really? Wow, that's a bad attitude. Wouldn't you agree? And that's not a loving attitude either. How do you, how many of you know that someone doesn't have to say that, but you can see it in their body language? You know what I'm saying? So we need to recognize and understand that jealousy can show itself. The green-eyed monster can show itself in the way we respond to others when they have wonderful things and we're not rejoicing in that, but we're rather going, man, you know what? That guy, you know what? I, I can get it. I should have that. Uh-uh, that's not love. That's the opposite. Take a look at the other verses. I hope that you'll take a, a time to look at those other verses I've given to you. Love is not jealous. Jealousy is a fruit of the flesh, a deed of the flesh. And it will bring death not only to you, but also to your relationships. Now take a look at the last statement that I make there. Love is. Would you write this down? This is what love is. It's the opposite of jealousy, obviously. But what is love, opposite of jealousy? Love is admiration and appreciation. And the joy for someone else's talents, abilities, position, or possessions. I'm so deeply thankful for the talents and abilities that many of you have and have chosen to share to the body of Christ to make us a better body. I'm so thankful for that. And some of you have skills and talents and abilities that are just awesome. And I wish that I had those, but I don't. But I'm so thankful that you have them. Because when something goes wrong in that area, I ain't doing it. I'm going to call you, Eric. Or I'm going to call you, Jeff. Or I'm going to call you, Melissa. What did I do? You know, help me out. That's what love is, appreciating others and their talents, gifts, abilities, their positions, positions like of authority or positions of leadership or positions in, in whatever, and their possessions. But you know, love is not just that. Love is not bragging. Love is not, love does not brag. Look at what the star says there. Love quietly and selflessly serves other people. I think sometimes get so get so big about their bragging that they forget to doing stuff. <laughs> so if you see someone boasting about how amazing they are, well, why don't they stop talking and start doing? That's what God is actually saying here. Well, take a look. What does the word brag mean? To look up the Greek word on your own, it means vain glory or empty glory or empty magnificence to boast or to brag about one's own talents, accomplishments, or possessions. You know, I have some good stuff, some good things. I know many of you have some good things. And uh, I don't know, Eric's got this really, really cool GTO. It's cool, man. I like it. Have you ever heard him turn that thing on? Oh, wow. 
I mean, it's, it's great. And I'm not envious one little bit. I love listening to it. I love riding in those old cars. And I'm glad he has it. He worked hard for it. I believe that with all my heart. I'm excited that he's enjoying it. When the sun comes out, so does the GTO. I think it's great. And you have your beautiful bride sitting next to you. And I can, when he's driving down the road, I go, man, that's such a sweet picture. That's cool. I mean, I'm serious. It's cool. That's great. I have stuff that's not like that, that I really like and enjoy. Now, you may not think it's cool or awesome, but, but you know what? I'm not bragging about it. And Eric isn't either. He's saying, would you be quiet? Okay, right? The book of Proverbs, the, the, I, know, I know you're doing that because the book of Proverbs says in one of these passages of scriptures, Proverbs 27 and verse 2, it says, don't brag on yourself. Let somebody else compliment you. That's what it says. Go look it up. Don't be talking about how amazing your stuff is and how much you know it can do, but let someone else say it. Okay? That's what it's actually saying there. Love is humble, modest, quiet, and selfless. That's what love really is. Could someone open the windows? People are fanning themselves, and I know someone's about to faint. Really, honestly, could you open a window or two over there? I would really appreciate it. If, if you could mind opening one of those windows over there and someone say, don't do it because it's cold. I'm going to die up here. It's about 110. And there's some out there that I can tell you're melting. Thank you. All right. So love does not brag. Look at number three. Look at number three. Love's not arrogant. Love's not arrogant. Uh, the King James says, love does not vaunteth itself. What in the world's vaunteth mean? I have a hard time saying it even. Love is not arrogant. Love is humbly and discreetly manifest the substance of service. Love humbly and discreetly manifests this, the substance of service. That's what love is. It's not arrogant. It just quietly serves. It reminds me of an amazing woman in our congregation. Now, there's a lot of amazing women, but this amazing woman, I'm not going to tell you what her name is, because then Tamara will get upset that I told you. But she is absolutely amazing. She has such a servant's heart. You know, when, when things get done around here, oftentimes Tamara's had at least a part in getting that done. So I love that woman. She Love is not arrogant for her. Love is actually what it should be, is humbly and discreetly manifesting the, the heart of Christ in her service. So the word arrogance, what does that mean? Love's not arrogant. What does that mean? To inflate or swell up with pride from selfish, self-centered, haughty heart or spirit. And I love this. I found this in the Greek. If you write anything else down, write this one down. This is a classic. This word comes from the Greek word uh, fusa, which means billows, airbags. So once I was like, you're just a bear bag. You know what? They're actually Greek correct. You're just a full of hot air. That's another one that's correct to the Greek. So these guys are like, oh, I'm the God's gift to everybody. I'm just telling you. <laughs> really? You're just an airbag, honestly, according to the standard of the scriptures. I'm not mean to be mean. Why does God put this here? Because there were airbags in the church in the city of Corinth. 
You want to know where? I've given you a bunch of scriptures in 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. Look them up. They had a problem with selfishness in that church. And so it's important for us to realize, you know what? People are people. What was going on in the people back in the church in the city of Corinth could possibly happen to one of us or some of us. That's why this is a great passage of scripture. It's like a litmus test. It will indicate whether you're not as loving as Jesus was loving. Because Jesus in his love humbly and discreetly manifests the substance of service. Others, some of them in the city of Corinth, literally were arrogant. They were airbags. Love is then humble, modest, unassuming, unpretentious. I would like you to do your own study on the antonyms for these Greek words, looking in the Greek for those particular words. They're in there. That's where I got the idea or the words of humble, modest, unassuming, unpretentious. Look at number four. Love is not. Love does not act unbecomingly. Now, this one is an interesting one. There's a lot of study that needs to go into this one. But it has to do with sexual impurity. Or it has to do with being downright rude in regards to working with and spending time with other people. But the vast majority of the scriptures has to do with uh, sexual improprieties. And you can look those up. I gave you the scriptures. Unbecomingly, acts of indecency which are improper or not fitting for those bearing the name of Christ. Deeds that bring about shame to the name Christian. Deeds that bring about shame to the name of Christian. How many know this passage of scripture? It's in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 3. Everyone who has their hope fixed on the return of Jesus purifies himself just as he is pure. I've heard people say, well, Jesus was married. Where's that in the Bible? I've, I've heard that Jesus was had a little side going on with Mary Magdalene. Where is that in the Bible? That's messed up. Jesus was an absolute man of integrity. Have you ever known, noticed that women can figure out pretty quick when a guy has got a weird idea about their relationship or who they are? It's absolutely amazing. They know. And that's a good thing. And so it's important for us to recognize people flocked to Jesus. Men and women and children. And, and, and mothers brought their children to Jesus to hug on their kids. You know what? If there's somebody that's got a weird kind of sense to them, mamas aren't going to be letting their kids touch that, those kids. And ladies aren't going to be flocking and bowing down and serving and helping and helping finance and being with. No, that's not going to happen. You know that's true, ladies. This man, Jesus, was a man that was becoming of the name Christ. So, you know, when we take a look at this, you look at those verses, Romans 1, that talks about homosexuality. Uh, whether between uh, women and women and men and men. Revelation 
3.18 and 16.15 has to do with the modesty of dress and the things that happen when we don't dress modestly. Brother, we need to recognize and understand according to this word, becoming, becomingly, seemingly. Love is honorable, distinguished in conduct, thoughtful and courteous in doing what is proper and fitting in each relationship. In each relationship. This morning, I was so excited to see the McKinney's. I haven't seen them in a while. Uh, whether it be COVID or whatever else came up in my life, I hadn't been up uh, to spend time with them. I go up on Tuesdays to spend time for a couple hours. And, and uh, they live up in Dallas, and so it's a fun drive. Old memories, memory lane for me. And uh, so I see Brad, and I shake his hand. And, oh, you know, Melinda's there. And, and I, I, go, I go, oh. Hey, can I give you a hug? Well, there's a couple reasons I asked that. Number one, because of the COVID thing. I had my mask on. <laughs> my, my wonderful mask. Can I give you a hug? She understood what I said. Okay? And she smiled. I looked at Brad. He smiled. Okay, I gave her a little side hug. Okay? I always give women side hugs. Why? Because that's appropriate if it's okay for, to hug them. And someone will say, oh, no, that's fine. I'm not offended when they say that. I'm really not. It's proper. It's fitting. And so we need to understand that love does not act unbecomingly. Love is pure. Love is honorable, distinguished in conduct, thoughtful and courteous in doing what is proper and fitting in each and every situation and circumstance. Look to Jesus. He'll give you the standard for that. The last one, saying, wow, you're moving quick. I made a promise to myself I'd be out of here by 12 o'clock. Look at the time. Look, I mean, go ahead, look. I got five minutes left. Ten? Thank you. Yes. My clock says five. I like yours better. I'm going with mine. Okay, here we go. It's great. Love does not seek its own. I looked up the two words, seek and own. Remember what Jesus said? Hey, you want to be my disciple? Three things you need to do. Deny self. Take up your cross. Follow me. Are we disciples of Christ? I sure am. Have you denied self? Have you taken up your cross? Are you following Jesus and his example? That's what love is because Jesus is the embodiment of love. I heard the preacher speak during the Lord's Supper meditation. I did. That's what he said, didn't he? Isn't that what he said? Preacher, is that what you said? Jesus is the embodiment of love? And now we as Christians, Christ was, are to be the embodiment of love. As he is, so also are we in this world. The embodiment of love. So love is not seeking its own. What does that mean? Love concerns itself with the needs of those in its realm of influence. So seeking its own is the opposite or the antithesis of that. To seek after one's own conceits or desires. That's what it actually said in the Greek. Conceits or desires? What in the world is that? Well, I'm so amazing at my ability to. That's a conceit. So we need to recognize and understand 
To seek after one's own conceits or desires, eh, that's not love. To look after your own needs and wants, to be self-centered and self-focused, that's not love either. Love is the opposite. Love is selfless. It's all about me. That's not love. That's of the devil. You've already heard me try to sing the country and western song. It's all about me. It's all about mine. It's all about... See, I don't even know the lyrics. It's, but that's what they're saying. I just... The whole world knows that I can be crazy in front of a camera. Thank you. You, you drew me into that. Anyway, so the, the song is like sick, man. I only heard it once. I don't need to hear it again. The devil speaks through that song. Jesus speaks, you know what? You need to be selfless. The other verses there are great. Look at 1 Corinthians 10, 24. Whoa, that'll blow you away. When you measure yourself by yourself and say how amazing you are based upon the, the standard that you have created for yourself, it's all about me. I am the center of the universe. That's what there are some guys there in the church at Corinth were like. That's terrifying. Now, what is it? Take a look. Love is selflessly serving others with a genuine concern for their well-being. We see that passage in the book of Philippians 2, 3, and 4, and then again in verse 20 and 21. Brethren, love is not a lot of things, but what is the opposite? That's where I want you to focus in your own personal study. Did I tell you the truth this morning? Go back and look to make sure. Because the love is not, if you're doing that not stuff, you're not being like Jesus and people can't see Christ in you. And you defame the name Christian. But if you'll do those things that are opposite that we've looked at, all of those are selfless. That's when people can see Christ Jesus. How desperately the world now at this time needs to see the love of Christ. Before the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD, Jesus said the love of many would grow cold. The love of many would grow cold. And if you know anything about the fall of Jerusalem, he was right. So horrible was what happened there. The people were all self-serving. And if you were weaker than someone else, you lost in your life and bad things happened. At the hands of people that were supposedly your brothers in the Jewish faith. If you want a gruesome story, read about the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD. Jesus said the love of many would grow cold. We don't know what the future holds, do we? But we know that if we love like Jesus Christ, we're going to pierce the darkness. And we're going to touch hearts. And we're going to draw people to the light and to the love of God as he has for them. Because as the preacher said, so it is true. As Jesus was in this world, the embodiment of love, so we are now. If we choose to embrace the truth of what God love is and refuse what love is not. Brethren, do your own study and then change you and love others and draw all people unto him.
Amen? Let's pray. Father, I'm so deeply thankful for your love and the great example of your love through your son, Jesus Christ. And I would ask in your son's name, help us, Father. Help us to refuse. The love is not. The love does not get that junk out of our lives. And help us, Father, to embrace the amazing manifestation of love in the flesh as we see in Jesus Christ and as we see uh, written in his word. We pray this, Lord God in heaven, that we would be your disciples, denying self, taking up our cross, and following after your son, Jesus Christ. We pray in his name, amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's stand up and let's quote says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. What did Jesus say? Go! Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings. All right, let's go do it. Thank you. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.